Jay Tompkins sits down with Brittany while I'm away on vacation, and they talk all about tools for vector graphics, Trello clones, and Canvas. Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Welcome back to Perfect.dev. Today, we have Jay Tompkins with us. Hey, Jay, how's it going? How are you doing? Thanks for having I'm me on. Doing great. Glad to have you. I've been wanting to get this scheduled for a while, so I'm excited to do it. I'm here solo today if you're listening. So Alex is on his way back from Florida on another vacation. So jealous, but we're going to get through this and we're going to talk about some fun stuff today with creative coding to boost your skills. Yeah, I'm sorry for uh, playing hard to get. 2021 was a tough year. <laughs> Absolutely. It was so tough for everyone and everybody's got their own story, but I'm yeah. just glad we got through it, right? And yeah. we're hoping 2022 is going to be better. I should hope so. It started yes. well. <laughs> so if you don't know Jay, Jay is a web developer contractor by trade, but he's also a content creator, co-pin star, and a whimsical specialist. And if you don't know what I mean, there may be a sneak peek later with my code pin. A uh, perfect pick of his. He's often referred to as a polyglot, which is someone who is comfortable with a lot of tools. Do you want to go more into what a polyglot is, what that means to you, and um, what some of your favorite tools are? Gosh, that's a, I was going to say as well, like, yeah, co- contracts coming to an end. So, uh, yeah, I'll be available soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But no, I, um, yeah, polyglot. I don't know. That one kind of like, I got branded that quite early on. Um, I guess it's like the skill of development, right? Is problem solving. And if you can get comfortable with solving problems in varieties of ways, then, uh, you kind of find yourself being able to adapt to things really, really not easily, but, um, (laughs) with less pain, I guess you don't want to say that you can just jump into anything and it's fine. But most of the time, yeah, like I, I don't find any fear in things like I'll, I'll hop straight into stuff so obviously most of the time i use html css javascript stuff but any framework or any kind of tool or like s like vector graphics programs or anything really i just kind of like jump in and learn um i always find like jumping in the deep end is probably the best way to there's a couple things there so what are some of your favorite frameworks you work with react a lot i know so is mm-hmm. react kind of your favorite framework that you go to um i think it's just because it's the most popular one right that's where (laughs) that's where the work is so um that is true yeah i I usually end up doing react stuff um but i've dabbled with you um i started with backbone i think and then i did react really early and then i did some angular js and then i came back to react and then okay awesome and then I heard you say like uh, vector graphics tools what do you use for that i use figma a lot but so I was like a I was like <laughs> I was like a diehard don't use Figma person <laughs> for doing like um so like a lot of the animation stuff um I used to like lean heavily into Inkscape um and then it's kind of bad I have like four programs so Affinity is one Figma is the other Inkscape and then Vectornator okay and. I used Vectornator because you can use it on the iPad, 
and I hadn't got Affinity at that point, and now Affinity you can use on the iPads. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll use Affinity because then I can use it cross-platform, but that didn't happen, and now I tend to just jump into Figma because it's so easy to use, right? It is so easy. <laughs> I wish it was available or more accessible, I guess, on iPad and like mobile devices. That's where yeah. it is lacking a little bit. I've used Inkscape in the past. I feel like the learning curve with Inkscape is a little bit higher than something like that. It's tough. And that's the one I learned to start with. Um, okay. I started a company way back, like 2014, 2013, something like that. And I didn't, I had an idea for branding, but I didn't have anyone to make it. And I didn't want to find and source a designer. So I was like, it's time to learn vector graphics. <laughs> so, so I crash course myself and built all the assets and design stuff myself. And then, yeah, Shift Bear was born. Um, yeah, Inkscape's tough, but Inkscape has those power features that are either missing or I don't know how to do in Figma yet. Okay. So sometimes on stream, I'll try and do something in Figma. And I just can't, I just can't find it. And people in the audience are like, oh, have you tried that? Have you tried? And I just have to jump into Inkscape and then try and re-import it back. I was um, wondering about that. If there's like something that Inkscape provides that maybe Figma, because Inkscape is more for vector just in general. It tends to be um, like the really powerful path tools. So you can do things yeah. like grab all the nodes and move them around. It just is a bit more powerful I feel for some things so in Figma I don't know if you ever try messing around with like adding points to a path and then moving them around and yeah uh, sometimes it can get really I'll I'll be there like oh in, in Inkscape I'll just do it like this but then Figma has those awesome points where you just drag something and it does the auto align and you see all the orange lines and you're like oh yeah that's right makes like the bezier curves and stuff if you hold it <laughs> the right way and yeah i get into all that stuff so you talked a little bit about problem solving and how you use that in code but what is kind of your process around problem solving and how you come to like like you said you just took your design you didn't want to hire a designer and you just threw yourself into it so what does that process look like for you Frustration. <laughs> no, I, I Frustration-driven de development, right? Yeah, I tend, I tend to find, for me, I love a challenge and I need challenges to like keep me going. And that's why creative coding, I'm sure we'll get onto that, is like the perfect fit because like you, you're limitless, right? But with, for example, that was like, right, what do people use to make icons? Go and research that. Right, vector graphics, that's great because, you know, you can put on a T-shirt, it scales, you can, right, how do I make a vector graphic? YouTube, right, let's go through a tutorial, let's start. And then and then once, I'm not very good at um, sitting and watching things for too long. So as soon as someone's just saying, like, oh, here's a circle and here's how you clip something, then I'll just go off and, like, tinker and tinker until I work it out myself. Um, that tends to be how I'm best at doing it. So all through college, I would grab all the notes way ahead, read them all myself. And then if I needed like help, I'd go. <laughs> that was like my process because I, I just better just that discipline kind of uh, learning it on my own. I, I tend to do well that way. Um, I, don't I know. feel like that's kind of my process too. If I want to learn something, I try to Google 
and like look for other ways that it's done or somebody else doing it because I'm a very visual person. So if I see kind of how they're doing it, how to get around this tool, then I can teach myself to do it. I mean, the whole learning to code process for me was that way where I would just kind of watch something, learn something and then try to do it myself. With coding, it was like really interesting because to start with, I hated it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I was suggest it was suggested to me to do computer science and I was doing Java and the first term I did, like it didn't click at all and I just didn't want to do it. And then I gave it a proper go and I got kind of, there were flickers then and I, I never thought of it at the time, but there were flickers then of me trying to do creative stuff with Java, like even text games in the um, CLI and stuff was like a project. And I went with it and turned it into something and just, from back then, but when I got introduced to front end and like web, it's just so accessible, right? You can just, anyone can open a browser, open dev tools and just start like messing with something and it's there and you don't have to compile anything. You don't need a big ID. Like you can do it wherever you are. Like I people, feel you see people do it on a phone and like, it's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was in university. So you went to university and you were suggested to do computer science and got that yeah. Java like background i i can't do like the back end like object oriented programming i'm not <laughs> into that yeah that was, that was where i started um i wanted to be an architect that was my my real oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> drawing um yeah drawing like buildings and stuff and yeah i guess that would have been what it is i don't know because i didn't actually study it in the end yeah but, so um, did you just shift gears into computer science then and that's kind of where all this headed yeah i that was suggested to me and then at the end of that, I was thinking, I'll do consulting. Like, I was really into this idea of being like a businessy kind of consulting person that wears a tie and a suit. And yeah, that just didn't really happen. <laughs> um, I didn't know what to do. And then I did financial systems engineering as another course on the back end of that, which sounds so far from creative coding, it's unreal. <laughs> and that was more C sharp and Java and things. And then um, I started as a middleware engineer. And then I got introduced to front end and it was more kind of, there was a little bit of UI, but it was more like JavaScript, um, not so much visual. And then as time's gone on, I've sort of slowly worked from the back to more visual and like things moving around and noises and stuff. And yeah, it's kind of like slowly getting more and more away from, uh, I don't know, the non-visual. So (laughs) you feel like having that background though is helping you more on the front end and like, your process in problem solving having yeah yeah massively um just it's funny like i'm very uh driven so i can't it's it's hard to defeat me with a coding problem if i know that there's some way i can solve it (laughs) so i will just sit and i will thrash it until i make it happen this this happened a lot over like my freelance and contract and stuff it'll be like this problem is crazy I'll just tinker until I make it happen. Um, if that means like getting right in the depths of a framework and understanding how the source code works and I'll just do it. Um, yeah, it's just one of them. I just, I just love solving problems. It doesn't necessarily have to be visual. Um, it, could, it could just be anything. And yeah, like a big passion for tooling as well. Like that was like a big thing where it kind of started as well. Um, yeah, I yeah. saw you tweeted today, like that you just created your own package to create your OG images just because yeah. it, like fascinated <laughs> you. 
Yeah, so I guess tooling is an interesting one because tooling started with when I started tinkering with front end. Um, like, I don't. I was very a nine to five uh, engineer, so I'd go to work, and I my first thought was like, when can I get out so I can go to soccer or football training, depending on where you are. And um, I never really took much notice of like what was happening in the news or you know in the tech world. I just sort of got on and made things, and then we had like a. I think it was a work um, initiative to just try some stuff out or like learn some things. And at the time, HTML5 drag and drop was kind of like a flavor of the month, I guess. I don't know. I saw it somewhere and I made like a little Trello clone um, one day, just like a single file, just one HTML file with some inline scripts and inline CSS and made this um, like Trello clone with drag and drop and it looked like little post-its and things. And I shared it around with some people and they were like, oh, this is great. Like I'm going to use this as a, as a little um, task board or whatever on my machine, just have it locally. And it could, you could export to JSON and you could like save it in local storage. And I kept tinkering with it occasionally. And then I learned about animation and 3D. Like I did all my CSS and that backwards. So like my first look at really doing things was, animating things and <laughs> making them 3d and this was like years ago this would be like 2013 so almost 10 years ago today's podcast is brought to you by builder.io visually building the web builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry unlike other tools builder actually produces the code for you you don't have to completely switch out your framework either just use one of the handy sdks that are available there's no limits to what you can build Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. Um, and I remade this little Trello clone, and it, it hit, like, number one on Hacker News. Uh, wow like a day or two and it was kind of crazy um because i didn't really that was as far as like sharing my work got to i just put stuff on github and i threw stuff on hack and use occasionally and there were so many comments telling me how to improve the ux and, and i just took it all on board like i soaked it up like this is great yeah. you're just giving me free advice Seriously, <laughs> and i was pretty okay. then, so I just took all that on and then, yeah, I just used to make things. So when I got into CSS animation, I just made loads of spinners and I'd just sit and like on lunch breaks, I'd just make loads of spinners. I'd just get an idea and be like, yeah, I'll make a spinner. And it just became a really long, at the time I used JS bin and it was just like a huge oh, yeah. file on JS bin. And then that turned, that, that hit the top of Hacker News one day. And then I turned that into a GitHub repo and that's still going. That that's that's called Whirl now. And I like messed around with it and put them all into something. And that was just to find out how I could make a landing page where you could toggle. Yeah. We'll have yeah, to drop cool. the links into the show notes for that. Yeah. This is that like really awesome. stuff. <laughs> but you don't have background in 
CSS and animation, right? Or, or like design at all. You just no. kind of come to do this. So how did you get your start in making these like whimsical code pens and things? Um, I guess, I guess, yeah. Cause I was going to say the, the tooling kind of progressed from there. And then I, to get onto like this, I guess script kitten thing would be another topic, but yeah, to get into whimsical, I, I had a real, I really wanted to learn HTML canvas. Okay. So I'm trying to think of like my CodePen history because it kind of started with CodePen and I originally started using CodePen purely because I needed a way to embed uh, little demos in Medium. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to write things on Medium and one of the blog posts that like hit for me years ago was a pure CSS masonry layout. Mm-hmm. And it was like my most popular Medium post and it kind of, this is before I was really using CodePen or anything. And then I found out about CodePen. I signed up just so I could embed things. Didn't think anything of it. And then I used to make, I was really interested in learning about Canvas. And I just wanted to make a Canvas where stars shot around. I don't know what spurred me to do that. I just (laughs) wanted to make it. And I used to get up before I'd travel. At this time, I was doing an on-site contract. So I used to get up early for breakfast. And I'd just tinker for an hour, like messing around with Canvas. And then I'd just go to work. And I'd just do it in the mornings. And then I'd post it up. And then one day I just made like a bear winking. It's like really basic. It's just like a circular bear and it just sort of slowly winks. The motion isn't great or anything. And then I went in one day and someone uh, like a manager or one of the managers there was, oh, I saw your code pen on a, on, and I was like, what are you on about? Because <laughs> I had no idea. Like I just signed up, made an account, made some pens. And then that was kind of how I, slowly edged into this because I saw all these people making fantastic things and like it was inspiring and then I was like well this is the creative side of me just wants to jump out because like I like making all these things but they're just getting made into the void at the moment I don't share them anywhere I just make them and go cool I made that like I remember years ago I made like I used to just make them in JS bin or like um JS fiddle is that the other one yeah Kind of like a REPL style thing. Yeah, they were just anonymous. And I'd just make them, uh, bookmark them in my browser and forget about it. And then that was just it. So I used to make really silly things. Like I used to make ones of like, you'd click a button and then just just cats would just appear from whatever corner of the screen just randomly. And you could like spam it and it just have like hundreds of cats coming. You have so many that are just just so great. And they're just random. And do you get these ideas from just seeing things? Or where do those ideas come from? I have a strange mind. <laughs> but no, I, yeah. So, yeah, to go back, like, I was kind of, I guess I was inspired early on by seeing these creative things. But I always had these ideas of things I'd love to make or do. And I just kind of followed that. So I'd have an idea and I'd just be like, I wonder if you can make that with code. And the good thing about doing that is it kind of veers away from what the docs lead you to, right? The docs yeah. don't cover how to make like a bear smashing a button or a cow jumping over a moon. You know, they just don't show you that. You you have to try and work out how to break it yourself. But yeah, the ideas, um, it could be anything. It could really be anything. Anything I see, or it could be a conversation with someone, something I see on the TV. I could walk out and go to the gym, something will click. Um, I was listening to a podcast a moment ago and I was, I can't remember what the idea was now, 
but it'll come back to me. I'll have to think of it again. It was, oh, it was um, a carousel. So I made a carousel the other day, which is like a 3D one with emojis. Uh-huh. And they were talking about carousels on the podcast. And then I thought, well, what if I just made that 3D carousel again, but you actually swipe it to spin it with like inertia and then you could get the content with like a snap. So that'll be something I'll make at some point and that'll just go in. So I have like a huge list that I keep and I always think like I'll drill it down, but it just gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> what do you use to like keep track of all of your ideas? Do you have like a... It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> so I use a notion and then the other day I cleared it out thinking like, this is good. I've got a grip of it. And I really haven't because it's just grown into a gigantic list again. So I, I sort them all. And every time I get an idea, so I use Notion because of, you can get the widget or like you can use it on your phone. And it's because yeah. most of the time the ideas come when I'm, you know, somewhere else and I just need some way of writing them down. Um, and I, I, I write down ideas for anything. It could be tweet ideas, article ideas, demo ideas, anything. And then I, I just come back to it. The problem is it never gets smaller. It just keeps growing. <laughs> That's a fantastic piece of advice. And you've always got an idea that way. You never yeah, you've always got something to fall back on. The, the problem is I need about 10 lifetimes to get through. <laughs> you just have to sort like the ones that you really want to pursue at that yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've been thinking, the problem is what happens most. So I don't know. I don't know what point to make now. Um, I was going to say... <laughs> This is what happens. I get fogged. <laughs> I was going to say, what tends to happen is something topical will happen or something I will see on a day and I'll think, I can make that quick. And that becomes like that day's thing aside to whatever else I might be doing and work. And then like, I say I have three ideas in a day. Well, two of them are at least going to get backburned into this list. And then it's like, well, that was really good. But then some other topical thing will come up the next day and it's like, Great. So you're getting three ideas a day. You maybe only get one made. So you end up with about 15 ideas a week (laughs) and no way to make them. I've got your next SaaS idea then. Take the ideas you don't use and put them into like a book or maybe a Notion thread template you can sell. So this is great because you just reminded me of the point I was going to make. One of the things I keep trying to do is, and I feel really bad because I have my newsletter and I stopped writing it when I went away on my little mini sabbatical to recover and I keep people keep subscribing and I keep thinking I need to write something like it'd be great to be consistent again and I thought what should I put in it and one of my ideas was why don't I just give people ideas like at the bottom like or something just list off some random stuff like have a go at making this see what you come up with because what I tend to do is I take a keyword and then I'll just make a note of it and then that will spark anything but my take on it could be completely different to your take on it. Yeah. You could make. You could take that out. anywhere. Yeah. But it could look completely different. And that's like, that's the joy of this kind of stuff, like seeing what people do. So, for example, I've got my notion open now just to see some of these weird things. <laughs> a lot of it the other day was a lot of sound stuff. I just went through like a sound library and uh, I was like, what could I use that sound for? What could I use this sound for? <laughs> There you go. Scroller coaster is one. Uh, it's a roller coaster using scroll timeline in CSS for an article that allows you to kind of see how scroll timeline will work, but also with a roller coaster. You could use GSAP for that. Yeah. And it does actually have GSAP on a note there. 
um, yeah. about audio playback and making the volume go in and out depending on where they are. Um, container query limousine, that's like a quick one. That'd be like a five minute one. So using container queries, make like a car that will uh, expand and get smaller, but depending on the container. There's loads, like these are just, these are probably like backburnery ones. The real good ones tend to get into this priority column. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a in progress column. Um, yeah. You talked earlier about one of your first things that you made was the bear that would like lean to the side and wink. So I wondered like, what is the origination of the J bear? Was that it? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know where the inspiration comes from because it, it was a cat originally. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. So originally it was a cat and it was like a cat with shades with like oh, a snapback. So with this with this hat and then like shades and it was like a like a grey cat. And when I learned more SVG, it just kind of shifted to bears. Um, but I don't actually know why. I can't put a finger on it. Maybe when we were playing in the SVGs, the past, like you were creating, just looked more bear-like. Yeah, something obviously twigged, and <laughs> now we're on like the third iteration. I think this one will be. It's but, nice, yeah, and it's such a recognizable image. It's like just yeah, it's, it's well, it's kind of funny as well because the the bear was what people knew me for because no one saw my face because I didn't. Yeah put my face anywhere for about two years so, <laughs> so it was that's your brand that everywhere yeah so, <laughs> so I guess it kind of worked well in a in a way because uh, people knew me for that and then when I released this monstrosity people were like whoa what's this about <laughs> bring back the bear <laughs> oh my goodness no <laughs> So you talked about coming out of university and wanting to be kind of this entrepreneur and getting clients and you've had some pretty big clients along the way and some awesome projects. Is there any of those that you can talk about a little bit more who you've um, worked for, what you've done? It's funny. Like, so I've had some real big ones, but I'm not allowed to talk about them, which is a shame. Um, Obviously. Yeah. They're like, and they're, that's annoying because they're like really good, but I think the one, but funny enough, the ones I'm really proud of are like the small ones. Yeah. Um, so tends to be like, don't get me wrong, like doing stuff with um, Nike and people like that is, is great. Um, like Monzo at the moment, that's a great one. But it's the little projects where people come to me because they see what I can do and they want a creative take on something or like, I don't know how to solve this. How how would I do it? Um I guess Egghead I'd give a big thanks to for like making that kind of happen in a way. Like they were the first people that came to me with this kind of thing. Um, um, Faraz, who has retro app, he came to me with one, which was like, I made like a wiggly cat loader thing for his app. Um, and then Kent um, came to me and I did, I'm writing about it at the moment, which is like audio visualization for his uh calls with Kent that was really cool and I did like a parallax thing that I wrote articles about for his landing page and then uh, Sean Swix got me into temporal and I did like I just said like here's the site what can you what can you whimsify on it and things like that are like really fun um because I've just given sort of a free reign to say look here's some wild ideas what do you think and then most of the time it's like 
give someone my the one saying that always sticks to me is um show someone what they don't want so they can tell you what they do and uh, <laughs> if you give them something crazy they'll be like maybe tailor it back but most of my ideas in that kind of scope tend to be classy so don't worry <laughs> yeah i like that a lot too as like on the designer side like you'll give them some things that you're like here do you like this style what what about this do you like and ask them the questions i think the other side of that that i that i get really proud of as well is because i don't have a design background so if i can design you something yeah. and you like it then that's massive for me because i i've, I've read a few design books but that's about as far as it goes it's I pretty just incredible that you just have that kind of creative mind that will get you there and how do you go about getting clients? Is this all word of mouth or do you reach out to particular people or? Yeah. So this, this is probably something I should get better at. Um, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be like the, the mad scientist that's just like in the lab, but my marketing skills are very limited. <laughs> so so I, I end contract at the end of this month and I just sort of like put the odd thing out there, but I'm not great at like saying, Hey, come and, come and get my services like I just, I just don't have that business side to me so a lot of stuff comes through what I share so people see I've got better at putting it and it's <laughs> I've got better at sharing just videos of stuff I do on LinkedIn and I get a lot of like feedback from that and people reach out but a lot of the a lot of things come through Twitter and initially I used to get leads through like CodePen um so people will see stuff there and then they just hop on my site and you know hey at j.dev or you can wildcard it to anything and that comes through um but i yeah it's hard to filter out i don't know I've, you must use linkedin like it gets a bit <laughs> it does all the different social medias get a bit much but i feel like it you do this kind of learning in public thing where you create these things, you put them out there and people are able to come to you because you've gotten enough notoriety off of that now that you're well known and able to just do it through sharing your work, which is amazing. I, creating things outside the norm, right? So that's <laughs> what people come to me for generally. Um, but yeah, as well, it's quite interesting as well because when I speak with people and they, they have a perspective, perception and uh, they don't realize that I can do all this other stuff so like all the the normal or normal like react and storybook and react native and all those kind of things and like my big uh joy has always been in like architecting and like making those kind of apps and making them clean and making it like all streamlined and like really well like thought out and like solving tough problems with like testing and things like that like they sound really boring because they're not like something you want to like it, it's not boring, but I it's don't just know. different from what you normally do. Like what it's just people not see. What I share. Yeah, it's not what I yeah. share on Twitter. So people don't have that perspective um, because I just, for me, it's like I've just been working all day. Like, and the last thing I want to do is log on and see more of work. <laughs> so I just share. I all the creative stuff is all just a hobby, and it's just like that's what I do to chill out. Like I'm, I'm going to work out how to make this ridiculous pen. And like, that's my fun, like that aside to sport and things that that's what I enjoy. So it's not really work for me because I just, it's like my hobby is why I'd rather do that than play like video games and stuff. So people think that sometimes people think that's my job and it's like, no, I don't really share anything about my job. Uh, I do occasionally, but yeah. 
So that's like, kind of how I got into this too. It was all just a hobby. It was so yeah. I was so passionate about like the creativity that you can put into HTML and CSS, just vanilla HTML and CSS, but put JavaScript into it, and then you get this whole new like superpower of bringing your designs to life. And exactly, that's that like the best thing as well. Like when you can bring your ideas. Like I used to always say to clients, um, if you can draw it or if you can imagine it, I'll, I'm pretty sure I can make it. Which didn't actually shoot me in the foot too many times, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's pixels on the screen, so. It is, yeah, and and you said before too, like if you just imagine everything as a box and mm. building on that box, but I I still, I can't get to where you are, like making all to, these crazy things. And see have to it. matrix it. Like, oh. <laughs> have to see it all as numbers. <laughs> have you thought about writing a book or do you have a book? I did the, I did, so I did um, Joe's challenge, which was that 14 day uh, ebook challenge. And yeah. I made the animation ebook, which is like thinking back to that, that is probably the dumbest idea for a book. Animation as a book. Animations in a physical book that you can see. That's <laughs> but, but it does work. Like, I yeah, if, if you implement it. It's just, yeah, it's just funny because it's, and like, it's a moving medium in a static medium. So. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Well, that's probably a good time for us to transition to our perfect picks. And I'm going to get this up here. And Jay, if you want to go first. Yeah, so this was, um, I was struggling to to pick because um, there's so many things. But this is one that I think is really helpful. If, you if you're ever struggling for an idea, the extension for Muesli is great. So every time you open a tab, it's just loads of articles and dribble shots and whatever. You can curate it however you like, but just scrolling through, you might just get a random idea. For, I, wonder I love if I this. Like that. And I hadn't heard of this one. I had one for Chrome, and I don't even remember what it was called. Um, Amy from Compressed FM, Self Teach Me is her Twitter handle. She has one that she uses that I was using for a minute that's very similar to this, but I had not heard of this one. But this site is gorgeous. Yeah, the, the extension is really good. And the best, well, I, it's not a it's not a brag. I don't want to, I'm not that kind, but it is amazing when you scroll through and you see your own thing. So I've oh. had like my CSS tricks articles pop up occasionally. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Yes, that is, that's going to feel so good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's like a little um, isolated fist pump. <laughs> absolutely yeah but yeah just some of the fascinating things that pop up a lot of them so like that one's a really good one uh, ui interactions of the week and weekly design inspiration if you like click into one of them they tend to always have really great things from like oh, just amazing there you go if you so like there's a cool one it'll just have like really really well designed things and yeah you just, awesome just get those creative juices flowing right yeah i'm totally getting the extension after this I remember right. one, one particular pen of mine is um, it's like a bear firing a keyboard. And that was a direct <laughs> um, inspiration from something I saw in Moosley, which was like a, a soldier with a machine gun. And <gasps> I kind of took the style inspired and turned it into like a bear with a keyboard. Yeah, Your, like your brain just works in a way that I can't. <laughs> I can't get to, but I love it. And yeah, this is great for inspirations, like taking things like dribble and all of those things when you're designing too. if you're not copying, like 
just use it for inspiration and figure mm. out how it works. I love it. Yeah, dri dribble is a great one as well. Like I, I do go on dribble sometimes, but for me, I tend to use dribble when I know I want to make something, but I don't quite know how to make it look. So, for example, when I made a stopwatch the other week, it was like, mm, I'll go and dribble and search stopwatches because I need like a little guidance. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so when you want a more finite search, when you want to go and like look up something specific, that makes sense. Yeah. And speaking of stopwatches, like, let's go to your next. Yeah, pick. that wasn't even intentional. That just worked. <laughs> I know it did. It just, it just worked. I love the transition. <laughs> yeah, this. So I've only recently got one of these. And I was quite hesitant because I thought it's just a timer. It's just an egg timer. I'll just use my clock or my home assistant. But this thing is actually amazing. Like it's a game changer. So you, um, it's just a Pomodoro timer. But all you do you is you take it. Yeah, you take it and you just flip it down. And then it's the time. And every time you roll it, it changes the duration. Oh, so, my goodness. And then at the end, it will just send an alarm. And then you just flip it up and it. And then you can also time yourself by doing that. And you can do any duration up to 99 minutes and 99 seconds like that. But yeah, you what? literally flip it. Like, so I could roll it and be like, cool, five minutes. That and then so after that, cool. be like, oh, 10 minutes. And it, it's just so convenient because it's just on my desk and I just roll it and off I go. Like, it's worth the cost for the convenience. Like, yeah, that I, is really nice. I was quite hesitant, but. As soon as and I got it, I was like, this is the best thing. I know they have them like on the internet and stuff, but like you never yeah. get away from the tab, you forget about it. I don't know. It's kind of annoying. I like that. Yeah. And, it, and it's magnetic as well. So you can like stick it onto stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I may have to get me one of those. I love yeah, those. Yeah, they, uh, they do them in two packs too. And they do like a little mini cube one because I tried getting into being more productive, like with one of these like productivity planners and I found this timer thing with that is like a very good combo for me. Awesome. Well, my first pick is the Learn With Jason episode that Jay did on Who's whimsical SVG animations <laughs> using GSAP. I think you built a Corgi Santa. Is that what it was with the Santa hat? You built a, a voice activated Corgi that would party when Jason said Corgi party. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So Learn With Jason's amazing, but you add Jay into it and it is a whole new level of like party corgi madness. In there. I, I still need it. to write the article for it and actually do the demo. Like, so that was one thing I'm trying to focus a bit more on this year. Not so, not creating so many demos, but maybe spending more time explaining them all and how yeah. the, the thought process and like the, the problem solving style comes out. Because I think that can be a lot more helpful. That's what I was going to say. That sounds like that would be really beneficial to a lot of people is kind mm -hmm. of how you did this. Thing. I think it's um, last year kind of finding a mission statement for myself, which is, I guess, <laughs> showing people how to level up with creative coding is my new tagline I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. I usually do like one technical pick, which was this, and then one more fun, like kind of off the wall thing that has nothing to do with tech. But Jay has so much content out there that I couldn't just share his code pen as well. If you just scroll through this, it is ridiculous, the things that you will find. And you don't even see that much like going on this. But once you go into here, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> I am. Um, I think I saw the other day that I'm around 1,200 pens made. 
which oh is ridiculous. That is, that's crazy. And yeah, it's I, awesome. I was unaware. Just, of every that. single one of them is this little bubble of whimsy that has a new thing. Some of them have sound. Some of them are just like you press on a button and it'll do something crazy. This one presses. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't even check that. Wow. It's just so incredible. Yeah, this was a fun one. I, this was early last year, I think. Oh, I did enjoy making this one. I don't That's even cool. know how... Does CodePen like sort these by like likes and things? So this is a showcase, so you can pick the... Oh, you pick you want to show. So the I try... It's kind of hard to limit it to seven. So I try and make what you can see here kind of um, a variety. So this... So that one shows you how to scrub audio. So if you had the audio and you scroll, then it will it will scratch like with your <laughs> mouth wheel. What do I need to do to it? Um if you play it and then you do your mouse wheel up and down. Oh the mouse wheel. Yeah. You can be aggressive with it. It's fine. So you can like proper spin it off and it will it'll just go round in loops. It's fine. But yeah, you can oh. scratch the music and then you can change what the track is at the bottom. So I have it turned up so loud that when I turn the music on, I can't hear what you're saying, <laughs> so I have to mute it. But that is so cool. Like all the ideas that you have are just incredible. And this one was kind of this one was for scroll triggers release. And I really wanted to not make scrolling parallax effects. I just wanted to make things that were really weird and out there that people <laughs> wouldn't have thought of. And this was, yeah, scrolling through uh, the, the timestamp of audio and it actually does create that scratchy kind of sound which is yeah I couldn't have asked for any better really <laughs> it turned out pretty good so and, yeah and thank you so much for coming on I just wanted to get like a little insight into how your brain is able to come up with these and do these things I feel like we've got a lot of great info and I can't wait for you to start writing these blog posts and the newsletter please do the newsletter yeah. with the ideas it sounds right. great <laughs> Yeah, anytime. Thank, thank you for having me on. I, I, I appreciate like it so much. Your cat needs animating. That's one thing. It does, and Alex definitely <laughs> wants to get it animated. So I'm going to connect you with him since he wasn't here today, and we're going to see if we can get you to animate our coding cat. So it needs sure. the odd little blink here and there in the corner. That exactly, cool. it does. I um, would love that. So thank <laughs> you so much for coming on, and we will talk to you later. Yeah, great. See ya.